Welcome back. We're back. After a long trip across the globe, seven shows in Tokyo, Atlantic City, Los Angeles, and Atlanta, we talk about being a mark, we talk about the beauties and confusion of Tokyo, we talk about hanging out with cool directors of movies that you try not to be too much of a fan of, but you really are, and you want to hang out with them and hold their hands and tell them how cool they are, and we talk about cool foods, fall fun, and uh, things like... um, uh, I guess uh, I don't. My hair is blonde. We get into that. We also talk about family. 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 We're a family. We're a family now. And our new Patreon. So check out weekendedeffies.com. Get into the Patreon. It's all changing soon for the better. Pitar, you are not going to believe this. Okay. But I uh, am going to have to rewind a long way because we have not been in this chair talking. Weekend at Effie style in over a week and a half. Yeah, good grief. Good grief. And in between, we've had some fun moments. My good friend Cole Roderick came on the show. But I need you to understand that since we last spoke, I went to Philadelphia, Atlantic City, New Jersey, Tokyo, Japan, Los Angeles, California, and even wrestled right here in Atlanta, Georgia. And so... This is what we call a super episode. It's a super episode. Super episode. 50 episodes ago, you were also in Japan. Isn't that weird how that works out? Yeah. It means we're very consistent with our recording schedule because it was roughly a year ago that I was in Japan. And now I have returned to Japan and I've learned many lessons along the way. Any Japanese? Uh, Ready? Konnichiwa. Sumimasen. Arigato gozaimashita. Yes, that's it. That's all you need. Uh, we had a fun conversation about that yesterday. We did. Where uh, <laughs> I sort of I sort of looked up in between one of the meetings and said, oh, this is, they live like this. This is how they live. They know there's a whole culture here that I have no understanding of and I'm just navigating by being a dumb American. And I don't want to say that you should be a dumb American, but I do want to say that it works for me. I have no shame and I'm willing to be an idiot. My ego died a long time ago. Surprise, surprise. The man over here who goes by a fake name and has a performance entrance with a theme song, no ego. Uh, And because of that, I'm willing to walk in somewhere and go, Hey guys, I'm stupid as fuck. Look at it. And then they all help me. And, uh, Allie calls that weaponizing my incompetence. <laughs> it, it, I had a recent thing at Kroger this week where I absentmindedly left some groceries, came back, and was basically like, I'm a helpless baby. I left something here. <laughs> did you get your groceries I back? I did, and they were even like, oh, you forgot you got eggs too. And I was like, oh my God, wow. I got eggs. Wow. It's okay to be a hapless baby sometimes. Now, also in the time that we have spoken, um, in the time that we have not spoken, uh, my hair is blonde. <laughs> yes. That happened right before I left on this grand trip. I planned it. I timed it accordingly because you told me that um, Jupiter was in my uh, himbo house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jupiter was in my... And I want to say this. I am so much stupider with blonde hair. I don't know if it's on purpose. <laughs> I don't know what's causing it. I am an idiot. I am a full force dumbass. 
Oh, it's so sour. You're drink- <laughs> oh, it's Warheads. He's drinking Warheads energy drinks right now. It's so sour. And it burns my face when I drink it. <sighs> I'm trying to get prepared and in the mindset of this trip. But I got to tell you too, Peter. After, from August... Let me just give people the schedule so they understand. And this is why I've been a little bit prickly lately um, and a little bit defensive of my career because someone has to be. Because since August, I have been invited to wrestle in Australia, both Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane. I've been invited to wrestle in Chicago, hosting my own show. I have gone to the Mall of America. I have gone to Brooklyn. I have gone to somewhere else in between there, and then I went to England. I guess it was Atlantic City, New Jersey was in between there. Then I went to England. Then I went to Dusseldorf, Germany. Then I came home. Then I went to... Where did I go after that? What? Oh, I went to uh, Washington, Spokane, Washington. Then I came home. Then I went back to Atlantic City, New Jersey. Then I went to Tokyo, Japan, Los Angeles, and Atlanta. So... I think what happened is everything finally caught up to me and I arrived home that uh, fateful Sunday night. And since then I have been in a self-induced coma and I slept and slept and slept. And today I said, I'm going to wake up. I think my sleep schedule is fine. I'm going to wake up and go to the gym. And I didn't. I woke up and ordered Dunkin' Donuts, (laughs) which is similar to going to the gym. Kind of the same thing. Uh, it's not the same thing. I have needed the rest. I have, my body has been on every time zone conceivable to me. I have been, uh, flying and gallivanting across this planet and I'm going to do my best here to recount the journeys that have come since we last spoke. Did you ever listen to Hello Goodbye? I did listen to Hello Goodbye. When we first met, your hair was long and brown. And now it's not. Okay. That's from one of the, I don't think that's a real album, but um, I went first to Philadelphia. And the reason I'm bringing this up is very specific. I was in a mood, and sometimes you need life to slap you in the face. You need the past to slap you in the face on your journey. All right. So I have blonde hair, I'm looking pretty sexy, and I run into someone I did not expect to see, which is a college friend of mine named Jordan. And I said, well, I'm sitting in Philly waiting for my bags. And someone says, Taylor, which is not a name I'm expecting to hear right. in the Philadelphia airport because North of, uh, North of Washington, DC, no one knows that's my name. Okay. They only know it as Effie. And so I look and there he is, Jordan Kirk, lead singer of a brighter life. Uh, someone who I partied with extensively in my college years. He's now married. I'm now kind of married, I guess. I don't know. I think it's on hold, but it's fine. We're together. We're in love. Um, And we shared journeys of our existence. And he said, oh, well, I follow you. I know everything going on. And that's when I realized there are people in the shadows just seeing what I'm accomplishing here and seeing what I'm doing out in the world and making uh, my little dent into the world as it exists, but I had not seen Jordan Kirk in possibly years. Damn. And we used to go to parties at this bar called Bay's and every Tuesday night they would have a show called break edge. So happy straight edge day to all you fucking straight edge dudes who want to talk about 
your straight edge lifestyle. I think that's great. I've been off alcohol for over a decade. Um, Break edge ruled and uh, was a defining moment in my life of punk rock uh, supremacy. And I got to see Jordan and it fired me the fuck up to go into this weekend. Uh, Atlantic City weekends are exhausting. And I don't, I don't want to sound uh, like a dick. There's a high chance of me sounding like a dick, but I have to be honest with my listeners here. It is the only show set up where there's no escape from being effy, right? Right. From the hotel to the lobby to getting food to getting towels, I will be recognized as effy at any point in this weekend. There's no way to get away from it besides being in my bed. And sometimes it's really fun to be effy. And sometimes you're about to work seven shows in seven days, and it can be very exhausting to not have a turnoff point to being effy. So seeing my old friend from college uh, in this time of need, it boosted my spirits, and it brought me uh, hope and dreams, and it gave me the energy to go into this week with a positive fulfillment. (laughs) <laughs> my little girl she just sneezed sneezy girl we went and took photos in the park with them yesterday it was so cute let me tell you lucy will pose for a photo but add in bebop and cranberry that posing is gone yeah that posing is out the window uh our matches in atlantic city i don't want to waste too much time on it but they were very fun matches in that we beat people up uh the first night we had a, I guess what they call uh, youngins versus the oldens. We're the oldens. Uh, Marcus Mathers, Braden Toon, Cole Radrick, and uh, there was someone else with him. Why am I forgetting? Oh, Shane Mercer. He's not young at all. He's like older than me, maybe. And he's very jacked. He's very strong. And he gave me a moonsault and battery. But I will say someone pointed out that I looked even larger than Shane Mercer. Now, I am taller than Shane Mercer. But I don't think my muscles are as large as Shane Mercer's. But there was one picture of me standing in front of Shane Mercer, and you could not see Shane Mercer. And Ooh. I know that some of that was forced perspective, but some of that was I'm just jacked and big. Um, sorry for hopping back to the minisode. We, you know what we didn't mention was that incredible shot of The Rock and Vin Diesel talking <laughs> to each other. Where both of them have baby heads when the other one is speaking. And then one of them has an even babier head when the other one turns it around. Yep. And it was like they were having a contest back and forth. It was a lot like that. It was a forced perspective thing, but you also could not see Shane Mercer behind me. And I took great pride in that. Uh, we had all the Japanese people over, and I'll bring up why that's important in a minute. Uh, and they had a wonderful War Games match, Kasai and Gage facing off in the War Games. So that was fun to watch from a fan perspective. And we spent our time in the beautiful uh, Showboat Casino, which now it's very odd because we knew there were some changes coming to the Showboat. We're now in a different room in the terminal room, which is good. It, it's, it's, it's expansive. But the carousel room where many, many historic moments have taken place is now a mini golf course oh, with shit. a skating rink. Oh, shit. And there's now a water park uh, in a... Uh, go-karts track in the places where we once were kings, where Jimmy Lloyd's blood is definitely still splattered across the walls of this building is now just a mini golf course 
with a roller skating rink. And I made a very, uh, I made an off color comment about, you see where you're renting roller skates there? Uh, and then I said what I used to do there, uh, which is bleed. <laughs> we used to bleed over in that room. That used to be the room you go bleed in. It was, uh, it's a little bit, you know, it feels like growing up, you know, seeing the world around yeah. you change yeah. in such a very dramatic way and knowing that historically that was a room full of your blood that now the children are playing Pac-Man mini golf in. It's hard to, it's hard to take it in fully. It's hard to understand it fully. Is the mini golf themed Pac-Man? Yeah, well, one of them is. One okay. of the holes is themed gotcha. Pac-Man. Not the whole, not the whole structure. Just one of the holes is a Pac-Man hole. But still, it's like that's a very. It's jarring to see Pac-Man looking at you from the same place where Nick Gage and Matt Cardona had a blood battle. You know, where Matt Cardona laid a chair into my face. Right. Where I had uh, salt and vinegar chips poured into the wounds oh. of my back caused by glass. You know, where Jimmy Lloyd jumped through the barbed wire. Where Matt Justice took a chair to Jimmy Lloyd's head ten times, and all my homies said "fuck Christopher Nowinski." You know Christopher Nowinski? No. Okay, so he's this dude who Christopher Nowinski's this guy who had to retire from wrestling because he was so bad at taking bumps that he took a bump so poorly that he never recovered from it. Oh, but God. then he became a Harvard doctor, and he specializes in looking up. Uh, like concussion related treatment. And so now all the major TV companies have to have like meetings with him about concussions oh, God. and sign off on like his concussion thing. Cause like he's going to teach people how to be safer with concussions. So when Matt justice took the chair to Jimmy Lloyd's head, people were like, y'all better tell Christopher Nowinski, this is unacceptable to which we all responded. That dude sucks so bad at wrestling, he had to retire because he was bad at just taking a flatback bump, not because of concussions. If he had had to retire because of concussions, it'd be one thing. But he had to retire because he was so fucking bad at wrestling, he couldn't even fall properly. And now he's coming in to tell everyone how dangerous concussions are. Oh, God. Which, the concussions are still dangerous, I get it. But I just want to say, all my homies hate Christopher Nowinski. What a fucking blowhard, propering posturing piece of shit who comes around and tells everyone how to be safe in pro wrestling. We're all fucked, pal. We're fucked either way. Let me tell you, my back is fucked. All right. It's never going to get better. If I have a few concussions to, to delude my mind into thinking I'm okay. Well, guess what? That's my fucking prerogative. Fuck off. Christopher Nowinski, you fucking loser. That's all I got to say about that. So, Day two, you know, I mean, really, we tried to keep it as um, everybody was like, come to the after parties. Come to the after parties, Effie. Come hang out with everyone. And I just want to say, oh, my God, <laughs> the noises are incredible that she's making. She's right fine. She's I know. Being she's dramatic. totally fine. She does this all the time. Like, this is a it's a very like, look at me. You're not giving me attention. She's the epitome of bark worse than bite. Yes. Yeah, she can make that noise, and I'll still get in her face. Uh, I don't care. Uh, if you're on the Patreon, we have a only pause section where we are uploading exclusive puppy content. Um, yeah, you're not going to get this puppy content anywhere else. Now, I still put a Paw Patrol picture out on my Twitter as a kind of check it out, but it was just because Bebop was looking out the window behind yeah, me, like, yeah, really yeah, on yeah. patrol. If you want professional-looking pictures from Pitar, 
the only pause section is where you're going to get that. Our whole photo shoot from yesterday, which is specifically for the updated Patreon, yes. will be up there for all of your viewing. Actually, glory. AJ said it specifically so he can frame a picture of Cranberry. Oh, well, we got some... <laughs> Cranberry killed it. She so. always does. Yeah. She's such a little baby. Um, but... Uh, there will be an entire montage of Lucy talking, doing her little growly growls. I love that for her. She does like to make these noises, and especially with Bebop, they're uh, when when it's just you here, or it's just me here. They're little cuddlebugs. Yeah, but when both of us are here, there is a battle for attention that they both make the weirdest noises I've ever heard. Yeah, and it's like. Like the little two, raptors. They they figured out that, you know, one of them will be on one side, one of them will be in the other. We'll cuddle, we'll yeah. watch movies, whatever we're doing. Easy. You know, they're there for it. As soon as another person shows up, it's song and dance routine. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. Vibe your attention. Which doesn't help with the podcast because we're both right here and they are looking for attention. And Bebop's licking my legs. They take it's, turns licking my legs. This is the Muppet Show. We are trying to put on an actual show, and the show is falling apart <laughs> behind the scenes. Yeah, we're going to have to get some extra cameras on the dogs. We're working on it. We're working on things. Things are coming. They are coming. Things are coming. Things are happening. It's great. Uh, day two, I had the pleasure of uh, having a tag match against world champion Blake Christian, who I just want to say is a heel in the ring. And I don't want to give away too much here. But it has been such an absolute pleasure to get to spend time on the road with Blake Christian. And I want to apologize here publicly because I have peer pressured Blake Christian into eating more desserts than he normally would eat. But I do want to say that boy looks good. And I don't want to take full credit for it. But I do want to say those big ass shoulders and that big fat ass. It's from dessert. It's from dessert. Okay. And it's from Effie saying, I think you should have a piece of cake. Because I'm going to have a piece of cake. And you don't want to just watch me eat cake. You don't want to just like look over and be like, yeah, he's having cake. No. You want to have some cake, Blake Christian. And you want to get some cake, Blake Christian. So it was a pleasure to be in the ring with him again. We have not wrestled in a long time. We are still one and one in singles competition. World champion. Still a tie. You want to make it two? You want to make it two and one? You got to beat me again. But uh, here's the problem right now. Okay. Effie is extremely over with the fans. Bussy is extremely over with the fans. We are going towards tag team dominance. There's a lot of tag teams out here on the scene trying to win the belts. Macizos won the belts back in Tokyo. Violence is forever. Tried to win the belts back, but they're pieces of shit, so I had to stop them from doing it. Uh, so it seems that things are heating up in the tag division. Also, Alec Price and Cole Radrick teaming up as the Garbage Daddies. Very intense team. And we will talk more about that team when we talk about the Pokemon evolution of a young man <laughs> going forward uh, with our match in L.A. But he was teaming up with Charles Mason, who is also, you know, I, I hate that these boys are so mean because I just want to compliment how fucking thick Charles Mason's ass is in those slacks. This is getting out of line, isn't it, Peter? All right, well, they're my enemies, but also they were with Paro. So what a fucking nightmare. He tried to kill me multiple times. And once he tried to put a plastic bag over Allie Catch's head on the second day and suffocate her to death, uh, luckily, Rina Yamashita made the save, and it turned into a three-on-three match, which we were victorious in by defeating Paro. Uh, you know, Blake Christian did just disappear. So it was kind of a handicap match at that point, but... Uh, we were able to subdue Pero and 
move on to victory and get ready to head to Tokyo. Now, a lot of people are saying like, oh, Effie, you must have such luxurious travels on your way to Tokyo. No, Uh, we took a bus. And I mean, we, I mean, all the way to Tokyo. Yeah, we took a bus to Tokyo through the uh, the channel, but it's a TH channel because it's a Tokyo channel. No, we took a bus from Atlantic City to Newark. Me, Jimmy, Masha, Rena, uh, Joey, Janella, uh, many of us took this bus, made it safely, Blake Christian, made it safely to the Newark airport, and then embarked on a 15-hour flight from New Jersey to Tokyo. What the fuck? Uh, now, what did I do to mitigate this? I ate five Advil PMs. I am very good at flying. Now, you think, oh, Effie, uh, if you sleep this much on the flights, that must make everything fine, right? No, it doesn't. Even getting to sleep on the flights, my brain is still in a different time zone. Yeah, it's not how sleep works either. you don't sleep well the rest of the week, and then it all gets fumbled up. And you must be asking yourself, when you guys landed in Tokyo, did you have a fun day off to go hang out and eat delicious foods? No, we went straight to the venue. We landed and pulled up straight to the venue and had a match that night with Los Macizos in Shinkiba First Ring in the Tokyo Harbor. Now, some of you are thinking, I watched that War Games match, and Cyclope almost died because he fell off the top of a roof of a cage through many pieces of glass to the concrete floor. And yes, you're correct. He did almost die. But I was able to pull a match out of him. And sadly, in the Shinkiba first ring, in Ali's debut, Kikutaru stuck his fucking nose in our business and caused us to lose to Los Macizos. Okay, not cool, not fun, but we did get a chance to exact our revenge down the line. Now, Tokyo, the last time I was in Tokyo, you may remember, I was there for a very long time. Yeah. I was there for a total of nine or ten days, depending on how you count days. And this time, we were there for three and a half days with three shows. So as you can imagine, not a lot of resting time in between. Yeah. So when we finished the first night and everybody was like, we're going out to eat. I said, I've learned from my mistakes. You know what I did, Peter? I went to the gas station, the convenience store, the convini, and I got a bunch of eggs, and I got a bunch of sushi, and I got a bunch of pastries, and that's what I ate, and I went to fucking sleep, and it was so glorious, so beautiful. Now, I only had one task while I was in Tokyo, and this is going to be a controversial part of the episode. Because I'm going to speak directly about what the Japanese call this Pokemon. And it's not it's not a good name, <laughs> what they call this Pokemon. AJ said, I only want one thing from your Tokyo trip. I said, what is that? He said, I want a plushie of Umbreon. The evolution that's like a, I don't know, it's like a mindfuck evolution. Okay. All right? And it is a little, it looks like a little fox. And it has a ring on its head and rings on its ears. And it's black. And... I went to the first Pokemon store. I said, do y'all have Umbreon? She goes, I don't know this Pokemon. And I was like, Umbreon? Y'all don't know Umbreon? And I pulled it up, and she goes, you need Blackie. And I was like, "Oh God, what? She was like, Blackie, Blackie. And then she started calling to the back, do we have Blackie? And I was like, oh, no, this is not 
good because they didn't have Blackie, which means I now knew the knowledge of what I needed to call this Pokemon. And I had to go to two more Pokemon stores and I had to say, do you have Blackie? And the second one I went to did not. And the third one I went to certainly did. So in my time in Tokyo, my tourist time was spent just going to Pokemon stores asking for this Pokemon by its Japanese name. I understand things are different in Japan, but I felt very uncomfortable <laughs> walking around to these Pokemon stores asking for that Pokemon. And I explained this to my partner, AJ, who had asked for it, who is half black. And he said, don't call it that. And I was like, I had to call it that to get it. So I'm going to just tell you what it's called because that's what they call the fucking Pokemon over there. And he goes, well, what do they call the other ones? And I go, I don't want to know. I don't want to know what they call any of these Pokemon. You know what they call Pikachu? Hate crime. I'm just kidding. I don't know what they call. I don't know what they call Pikachu, but it was just a very uncomfortable experience for my big ass to have to go into these Pokemon stores and just ask for that. I'm not even saying it anymore. I got it out. I'm not saying it anymore. That's the name of the Pokemon. And of course, that's the one my partner wanted. Uh, I made it happen. I found it. Now, everyone else wanted to go to the wrestling stores. And Allie, at one point, was getting a bit contentious with me. Because every time she would ask if I wanted to go, do you want to go to the wrestling steakhouse? I would say, I'm not a fucking Mark, Allie. And then she'd say, do you want to go to the wrestling memorabilia store? I'd say, I'm not a fucking Mark, Allie. And then by the end of it, someone had asked me, do you want to go to this other wrestling memorabilia store? And she just interjected, oh, he's not a fucking Mark. He doesn't want to go to the memorabilia store. And I said, thank you. I'm glad you finally understand. And I'm sorry to fans of wrestling uh, who are hearing this and are saying, Effie, you're just you're turning into a real piece of shit. And you sound like an asshole to your sister, Allison. I am. Uh, we were around each other far too much. We're getting it out of our system. We work very effectively as a team. Uh, there's a documentary coming out about Jimmy Lloyd where we argue for about 12 minutes about deathmatch and other things. And I think it's authentically what makes us work well as a team because we acknowledge each other's weaknesses and we are allowed to make fun of each other. And she is going to make fun of me and I'm going to be a little bit of a dick and that's how we work it out. But I also could not devote any of my energy or time more than had already been devoted to wrestling to more wrestling. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. And I'm also like, I think wrestling's great. I love wrestling. I think it's awesome. I don't need to spend any of my money on wrestling. Do you understand? There's the idea of like going to this Ribera steakhouse and getting you get the jacket if you're a wrestler. And Jimmy Lloyd got his second jacket as a wrestler from Rivera Steakhouse. But you could not have told me with a straight face that this restaurant is called Ribera. And a rib in wrestling is when you prank somebody. And and not convince me that this was a prank restaurant. Oh god. Where it's like, yeah, yeah if you're a wrestler, you get a free jacket at the Rib Era Steakhouse. I'd be like, Oh yeah, over at the Rib Era Steakhouse, you get a free jacket? Oh yeah, that's a fucking rib. But no, it's actually it's a real thing based in tradition. I was not gonna step foot in a single in a single steakhouse in Japan under any circumstances unless my food was paid for and it was not at that point. So to me, still a rib. It's all still a rib to me. 
I'm not falling for it. I don't need to be validated in my wrestling career with a jacket or visiting a particular place. You know what validates my wrestling career? Being paid to wrestle. That's it. I don't need to spend money on wrestling. I don't need to show people that I've been to the shrines of wrestling. I am a shrine of wrestling, okay? That's the facts. That's where it lays. And that's all I got to say about that. Now, the two shows that we had Wednesday and Thursday. So the first show was at Shinkiba. The last two shows were in Corican Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Historic venue, right? Now, I want you to know, many people work their whole careers to get to Corican Hall. This would be my third and fourth appearance in Corican Hall. Three out of four of the appearances, I have shown my bare ass in Corican Hall. And I made it a point on the last day to show my bare ass in Corican Hall. And two out of four appearances, this is something that's a little disappointing, factually. Only two out of four appearances have I kissed a man in Corican mm. Hall. Uh, that's, a, that's a 50% batting ratio. It's not good. It should be 100% of my matches in Corican Hall should have been kissing men. And some people are hearing this and they're going, that piece of shit, Effie. He got to wrestle in Corken Hall four times. Four times. And still not happy. And he's still not happy because he didn't kiss boys and show his hole. Well, guess what? I'm going to kiss boys and show my hole in every major wrestling venue in the world. If it's historic, if it's of value to the wrestling culture, it's going to get Effie hole and I'm going to kiss boys. And I hope you're ready for that. And I hope you understand that nothing will change that. Now, I did start posting a little more on Twitter. I started last night with a spear to a child and the thrissy combo finishing move. Are you on Blue Sky now? I'm on Blue Sky now. Okay. Effie lives. Did you use the Movie John invite? No. Okay. I'm Are you going to use it? Use I have it other then. invite codes cool. if you want. Uh, you can't post videos yet on Blue Sky. I'm not happy with that. But I've realized that there are some people out there who don't realize I'm a fucking sick wrestler. They just think I'm a guy who talks shit on TikTok, which I am. You can be both. It's called dichotomy. It's called it's called having a fullness of character. But I'm going to start posting more clips of me doing moves so people see how fucking serious I am in the ring. You know why I show my hole, Peter? You know why I kiss boys in the ring, Peter? Because I am so confident in my skills as a professional wrestler that I don't have to take any of you motherfuckers seriously. I can just hang my ass out and still be victorious and still win championships, which I'm defending this weekend in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Oh, just a, just some easy trips after Tokyo to Edmonton, Calgary, and Boston, and then to Chicago, San Francisco, and Gainesville, Florida. Just some easy trips after that. I just can't stop, can I? But I need people to be reminded that I'm not, I'm not all ass. I'm ass because I'm everything, and I can do all of it. And I can hang a little ass, and I can beat these people up and win, and I don't need to take any of you seriously. You will be dominated by Effie, and I'm going to keep showing clips that show how dominant I am so that when you see my ass, you realize it's not all I do. Not that I care if you think that's all I do, but I need you to know that I do everything because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fucking star, Peter, okay? Now, Kikutaro on the last day, that motherfucker... There were three of him. There were three Kikutaros. Three Kutaros. Three Kutaros. Yeah, that's that's it. Uh, 
And I'm looking and I'm saying, two of these Kikutaros look pretty Kikutaro. One of these Kikutaros looks like Abdullah Kobayashi. And it was, because he's a very large man. And the other one was Jimmy fucking Lloyd, who turned on me. Who fucking turned on me and uh, tried to attack and kill me, because he's Jimmy Taro. And I cut his head open with a pizza blade, given to me by Maki Ito. I got to team with Maki Ito. Bussy and that Maki rolls. Ito in Corican Hall. Pretty lit. Pretty lit experience. GCW in Corican Hall. 800 people there. Vibing. Taking over the hall. The official rule in Corkin Hall, don't get out of your seat. We're very strict about some of these things. MLJ had them get out of their seat to start the show. I was watching a couple of the clips, and uh, y'all are starting to influence the crowds over there. We are the dominant influence. Because it was mostly just polite clapping the last time, right? And that's sort of the and tradition. That's, that's right. Polite clapping. Yeah. You don't want to do more than that. You want to just show your respect, show your clapping. No, we are starting to get them to scream and chant and yell obscure I things. I love this. Uh, we're going to change the entire culture. And culturally, we know that we have something in the palm of our hands that is influencing all of wrestling. And uh, I do like that that clip about... TV wrestlers not drawing. Don't turn this into a clip, but I just want people to hear this. Um, that clip came out, and then I saw at least three different indie shows that had all these TV wrestlers on them, and they drew for fucking shit. And I was like, huh, huh, was I just being an asshole, or did I have a fucking point? So I'm hoping the goal is that people will reflect on what I said right. after the fact that they've made these mistakes and then they will start making less mistakes. So if you're a TV guy who's getting big paydays right now and you are just trying to slide by by the skin of your teeth, just know it's going to catch up to you and you're eventually going to have to do something worth showing up for besides just resting on your laurels. And um, Oh yeah, he was there too. Isn't that, isn't that what you want to do when you spend that much money on someone is to have your regular fan base just say, oh, yeah, and he was there too. Not draw any new fans, not bring anyone else out with any more money coming into the promotion. Or are you a mark? Either way. So after Cork and Hall, I did attend one steak dinner. One. Because it was paid for by Orange Crush, PR firm and magazine now they were they're shooting and had a photographer nick carp there and nick carp someone i love we spend a lot of time with he's on the patreon uh got to spend time with us in tokyo obviously i wasn't as uh available as they would probably like for many more photographs but i think he still got a lot of good photographs to use for the magazine um i will say this once again <laughs> this goes back to effie effie is a fan of wrestling okay but they said everybody get in the ring after the main event I was already at merch. I saw a big photo from Atlantic City come up too, and it was everybody posed in front of the ring. Except you. I was at merch. Um, sorry, guys. If there's money to be made, I am not going to be taking photographs. And guess what? It was in Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine Japan Weekly. Big deal over there. And it was everybody except for me. <laughs> In the photograph, posing. It was like, GCW dominance. And I just wanted them to write, not pictured, Effie's at merch. <laughs> Effie's not going to be there for that. I will go down in history as a ghost, as a myth. That's why my profile is gay myth. Like, I'm there, but am I? But am I there at all? 
Or am I like George Clooney when he brought that little orphan boy over and gave him a nipple costume? Check out the Patreon. WeekendAtFees.com if you want to hear more about George Clooney's uh, nipple costume orphans um, and biker twinks and uh, The Creator by Gareth Edwards, not Alex Garland. (laughs) He would have done a good job. He would have done a great job. But I don't think he wrote that script. I think Gareth Edwards wrote that script. Good job, Gareth. Uh, Actually, it was Chris Weitz who... uh, is most known for directing the first American Pie. What? Uh, I only know about this because he is a regular guest on Blake Check. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He also directed the third Twilight movie. What the fuck, Peter? And they called him back uh, when they were doing the you know the whole baby thing that yeah happens. the baby vampire and they're like hey uh, would you want to give some input on this you know you directed the third one kill or the baby and he was like no thank you no, <laughs> I do nothing. not want to I'm involved. not going to be a part of this at all I don't want my name anywhere near this this is not good but that was their it was their vampire baby right yeah Ugh. but the werewolf fell in love with it with the baby with the baby. That's not good. That's bad. That's, I don't think I saw weird. that one. I think I I think it's I dipped weird. out by then. I think I saw the first one and I was like, I don't think this is for me. You know? I did see all three Fifty Shades movies, which started as Twilight. Did you? Yeah, they started as Twilight fanfics and then they rewrote them to be I don't know. I don't want to get And into then wasn't it. didn't you say there was a book club movie that's Yeah, Book Club Okay uh is a movie about old women reading Fifty Shades of Grey. And then they have Book Club Italy that's coming out. What do they read there? I don't know, but I want to find out. We have to go see it. We do? Yeah. You have your AMC pass back. We no, can I go don't. see it. No, I don't. Book I'm Club. just paying for movies. Book Club. Book Club Italy. <laughs> I'm waiting for this strike to be over before giving all my money back to AMC, even though. I just want to say the Taylor Swift Eras Tour is scabbing. I'm pretty sure. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Feels like it's scabbing. Well, um, the Good Burger guys got in trouble the other day for going to the... The premiere? They they did like New York Comic Con or something. Ew, Good Burgers are covered in scabs. Yeah. Oh, come on. It's been great for Danhausen because he's not SAG and he's been going to the cons and none of the celebrities can go to them. So it's like just Danhausen really and Mercedes Monet. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Maggle. Uh, wrestlers taking over. Yeah, if you want to know why The Rock and John Cena came back, huh? wonder why. Is it because, oh, yeah, there's a SAG strike and there's no unions in wrestling? Yeah, that could be it. Either way, uh, we went to the steak dinner hosted by Orange Crush. It's fantastic. It's the best steak I've ever eaten in my whole Ooh. life. And they just kept bringing us meat. And the chef... In the vlog, you can see it. The chef has a jacket on that says number one gay boy with a vibrator and a hat that says fuck off. And I said, this is my people. This is my home. And this was not like a, this was not like a big steakhouse. This was like underground. Yeah. Like group setting. Like, I feel like Anthony Bourdain would go to this steakhouse. Yeah, totally. At one point I was sitting next to the kitchen and the chef just kept handing me food and they were like, come hang out with everyone in here. And once again, antisocial Effie was like, they're handing me food right here. You want me to go sit on the floor in there? This is absurd. I did it, though. I participated. I was there. 
and I ate way more meat and steak and the best meatballs I've ever had and the weirdest fish cakes I've ever had and the biggest fried prawns I've ever... They don't call them shrimp over there. They call them prawns. Prawns. You want some prawns? Now, I've held off on this, but I got to just be a mark for a second because I got to spend the week with... With the Racka Racka team. Yeah. Now, the Racka Racka team is a part of this Jimmy Lloyd documentary. And I don't know if I've told on myself before on here, but when Talk to Me came out, we had just finished a... We had just finished an L.A. show for GCW. And Jimmy Lloyd said, do you want to come to the Racka Racka movie premiere? It's at midnight. And I was like, Jimmy, look at us. Number one, we look disgusting. Number two, what fucking movie did Racka Racka make? And number three, I'm going to the hotel room. I'm yeah. done. I'm tired. Turns out it was the A24 film, Talk to Me, and it was the red carpet premiere in L.A. for this film, and I should have just fucking gone. But luckily, I got to spend all week in Tokyo with Raka Raka, the directors of Talk to Me, who are now involved in a Jimmy Lloyd documentary about deathmatch wrestling across the world. That fucking, that fucking rules. It was so sick. They were all there. The whole team was there. The A24 team was there with us all week, shooting all week. Uh, the Japanese people were definitely saying stuff under their breath that was not translated to us. Like, they translate parts of the meetings. They'd be like, oh, you have merchandise time from 6 to 6.20. You have this from this to this. And then they'd be like, and point at the cameras. <laughs> they would not translate that part. And it was very, like they were given very strict instructions on how and when they could film around the Japanese superstars and things like that. But they were with us the whole time. And I was trying my best not to just be like, Oh, it was such a good movie. It was so good. You guys did such a good movie. And it's good with the kangaroo. It was so good. Oh my God. I love your movie so much. But I of course was exactly like that and was just going off on it. And I loved that they did film me and Allie going back and forth for a while because it was very authentic to our bussy character at this point in our life. And we uh, found ourselves uh, getting some things out of our system that I hope will make it to screen one day. And we will go to that movie premiere when Jimmy Lloyd's documentary comes out. Jimmy Lloyd, the most fascinating character in all of wrestling. I mean, just imagine this. You're 14. You're 13. You've already done a film with Damon and De Niro. And you go, I'm bored. I think I'm going to go do deathmatch wrestling to feel something real in my art. And now things have come full circle when A24 steps up and wants to make a documentary about your purveying beauty and art in the deathmatch world. Would you say that Jimmy Lloyd is a Paul Walker style character where he misses the bullets? You know, I hope he's nothing like Paul Walker because we're trying to make sure Jimmy Lloyd doesn't The die. character, okay? The character. The character, yeah. Brian. He doesn't even miss the Brian. racing. He misses the bullets. Do you think they, like, when they continued making those movies, they were like, Brian, that was the name we came up with? <laughs> hey, listen, Brian, we're family. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. You know, we really do live our life a quarter mile at a time. And... Some people will ask me, I'll get to the airport, and they'll go, where are you going? And I will have to remember where I'm going, because I only live my life a quarter mile at a time, and I don't know where that next quarter mile is going to take me. <laughs> we, If you didn't listen to the Patreon movie, so 
we got deep into Fast and Furious. We were watching all the Fast and Furious movies. Well, Peter's watching all the Fast and Furious movies. And we are going to be doing some live watch-alongs of the films 8, 9, and 10. As we are we doing Hobson Shaw in that, or is that a? Is I think that, that's a sidebar. It's oh, not. A, it's okay. not as good of a movie. Okay, it's just not. But it has Roman Reigns in it, and he does a tribal you're, dance. You're really selling me on this one. Yeah, when they go to Samoa and do the car stunts. Are you laughing at? Are you laughing at Hobson Shaw? Are you laughing at the tribal chief? This is unbelievable. I can't. I can't handle this. Oh my God! He's making fun of the tribal chief. He's gonna love Hobbs and Shaw. So yes, we're gonna do eight, nine, and ten as watch-alongs. Could we talk about banana slander real quick? What is banana slander? So okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. So okay. Uh, forgive me. I do not watch all of your vlogs. There's just not quite enough time. I don't believe that. And I. I do not watch all of your books. Okay. You should, because you stopped me from releasing one one time, because I think there was something in there that I shouldn't have had. I don't know. Maybe. It's fine. So okay. the bananas. Okay. Maybe I do need to go back and make sure everything is the <laughs> I don't board. watch them. I was in them. I lived them. I just want to uh, make sure I'm selecting the right so clips. I just, I was like, whatever, you know, I've got. 13 minutes to kill yeah. or whatever it was Let's... a much shorter vlog because i've been to tokyo before yeah. i didn't need to record everything um and started watching the vlog and there's a section <laughs> where you point out all the different kinds of bananas well that they it's have. at a fake food store so one of the things that's popular in japan is plastic versions of food that Wait, those were like all real plastic food. yeah yeah it's plastic impressions of food and so those were magnets of the different uh uh, what do you call them? What is it like? Uh, ripenesses, ripenesses yeah. of bananas. You could buy any ripeness of magnet that looks like a banana. So I could have a completely overripe banana on. I should have bought you the completely Damn. overripe banana. I know. Damn. I know. I got you a different gift that I thought was no, cute, no, no, no. but v- the banana very was sweet. Yeah. Um, but okay. <laughs> so you're going through the bananas. <laughs> and you get to the end, and it's the overripe banana that needs to be thrown away. And you go, "Here's the pitar banana." <laughs> and do you want to tell them why that's the pitar banana? Because I don't like throwing food out. Yeah. And one of the foods that I really don't like throwing out is bananas. And so I will stick <laughs> overripe bananas in the freezer to make banana bread later. Which, out of guilt, I did this week. You did make it was banana not bread very this week. Good. It's okay. It doesn't have to be the good. Next you completed batch the task. Be better. Here's the thing. It's almost funnier to me because uh, my mother is a missionary child. And so I see a lot of the same actions. So when you say things like, uh, like, I can't be mean to my mom. I can't be like, yeah, mom, of course you are. But I can be a little mean to you. And I'm like, you want these bananas? And you're like, yes, put them in the freezer. I'm going to use them. I'm going to make banana bread. And I go, oh, yeah, you're definitely going to make banana bread, Peter. Sounds real. Sounds like a real thing you're going to be doing. Turns out it is a real thing you did. So I have to give you credit there. But yeah, uh, having to open the freezer and seeing just black bananas hanging out in the freezer going, well, I guess he's going to make banana bread. Uh, I guess that's a thing that's going to happen. When I saw the fake uh, overripe bananas in the plastic food store, I said, yeah, this is the pitar banana. (laughs) The pitar banana is 
fully ready <laughs> to be made into banana bread. I hope you enjoyed it. From the Sky Tree Fake Food Store. I'll watch the rest of your vlogs, I promise. You don't have to. <laughs> You're watching Fast and Furious. That's even better. I have to be responsible enough to not put things in my vlog that shouldn't be there. And it's hard for me because I just pick all the clips I've recorded, if you can't tell, and yeah. I just stick them together. And sometimes I select too many clips. And I've learned not to... I've checked them a little bit better. I also think that you watched my vlog and have been influenced by it and then are now putting more just little ambient things like planes taking off. and Yeah, I did. I did. I really enjoyed your vlog. It was good. It added a peacefulness to that weekend. That weekend for me was not peaceful. It was not very fun. I'll just like it was fun being with you, but there's just a lot of facets of uh, you were working. I was working. You were working. And uh, I I still I've been reflecting a lot and I still think we're done after Philly, not wrestling, but running shows. I think we're done. I think we leave it to the next generation <laughs> because I'm thinking about all the things that bring me stress Running the show is the only thing that brings me stress. Yeah. It's stressful to travel. It's stressful to be under the schedule, but I'm good at it. I can handle it. There's only so much responsibility on me. I cannot. I don't want it. It's because you you get fully into that. We're putting on a show and that's fucking stressful. It's fucking stressful and it's exhausting and it's fine. Uh, we're not done with this trip. So Friday the 13th was a 40 hour day for me. 40-hour day. Do you understand what I'm saying right now? 40-hour day. I woke up, hung out at Skytree with Allie, got you a cute present from the Snoopy store, and then we didn't take off until 6.25 p.m. Now, one thing that I thought was very cool that Allie did not think was very cool, uh, that Danhausen does not think is very cool, is there were people that were waiting for us at the airport. Somehow they figured out when we were taking off, and they were waiting there to take Damn. pictures with us. Which is, I mean, like that's a new level of uh, hot celeb. Yeah. And she was like, are they here for us? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, just go with it. It's fine. It doesn't happen all the time. Like, this is this is a rarity for us. Right. This isn't... This isn't uh, something we see at every airport. Now, I understand for the WWE guys, they get stopped by these collectors. Right. eBay people, if you will. Uh, and Danhausen, they show up at his hotel. A little unacceptable. But I was like, you know what? We're leaving Tokyo. There's people here that know who we are. Pretty sick. Let's just sign the pictures. That's pretty awesome. We did it. We got through. We took off at 6.25 p.m. We then landed at noon <laughs> in Los Angeles. So another 10-hour flight. Took some, uh, what I thought was Advil PM. I don't know. It was the Japanese version, and it had a little moon on it. So I figured, this must be for sleepy time. Uh, got on the plane, landed in LA. Had a whole day ahead of us. And Allie was like, Allie and Jimmy were both like, we're going to go to Hollywood Horror Nights. And I was like, you've lost your fucking mind. This is absurd. And thank fucking God, Cole Radrick was there. And we met up, and I was like, do you want to go to Hollywood Horror Nights? And he was like, absolutely not. So we just watched videos of the police finding meth in people's cars for about three hours and then finally got some rest. He sent me a very sweet text. Did he? Yeah, while the two of y'all were hanging out. Oh, he's the sweetest boy so there ever sweet. was. He's going to the UK for a month. If you're going to be in the UK, go see him. He's on like a ton of shows. He's going to be gone for a month. I told him, I was like, last week and this week, like, 
that's normal time in between me seeing you. And now I've got to go a month without seeing my friend. I don't like this. Yeah. But I love that you're going and doing it and and finding your truth and living your life. So all the Brits, please take care of this sweet boy for me. Uh, I hope he wins every match. I hope he has so much fun. Buy his merchandise. Buy pictures of him. Buy his cute shirts. And take care of my boy. Take care of my boy over there in England. And bring him back safe. Bring our boys back home safe. Please. I miss him. Already miss him. He hasn't even left yet. Already miss him. He's leaving this weekend. Uh, lots of stuff coming up. Like I said, uh, we're going to have Edmonton and Calgary and all that. But first we had to go to LA. And we have one more show on the West Coast. And we faced the Pokemon evolution of a young man. We faced 16-year-old Bodie Young Prodigy. And then the upper evolution of Alec Price, who's like 22. And then the higher evolution, which is Cole Radrick, who's like 26. And so it was like looking at a young man growing up, but as a team. Yeah. And it was adorable. So you, you were fighting the evolutionary. Uh... Yeah, we were fighting. Uh, what is it? Uh, Charmander, Charmeleon, and uh, Charizard. That's who we were fighting. Cole Radrick, you're the Charizard in this situation. Take that with okay. power and prowess. Speaking of Pokemon, nothing has made me giggle harder than Nick Gage posting him <laughs> as Squirtle. How did you find that? Where he's it like, just, I don't know what this is. It popped up and I was like, this is fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's a Nick Gage Squirtle. It's a Nick Gage Squirtle and he says, uh, I don't know what this is, some kind of alien or something. You guys are fucked up. You guys are fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> what a baby that was the cutest noise i've heard her make in a while come here come here come here he was bop was making little baby bop sounds was, last night he was, was going he? he was going i'll play with you in a minute calm down i'm doing work. i think they've learned so many things from each other at this point <laughs> sneaky things they both have learned sneaky little tricks and uh, we can't take it back. They've gained the knowledge. Yep. If people think dogs don't have personalities, they're fools because these two have very distinct personalities and it's blending and they're stealing little tricks from each other and it's to our detriment. <laughs> it's to our detriment. We're alone. losing. We are losing. We are losing the blanket wars. The blanket wars continue and we just keep, <laughs> we keep supplying. I just them. keep buying blankets. This is a $9 blanket. It's on Amazon. I'm going to put more on the wish list. If you want to buy blankets for the dogs to rip apart, you're helping both of them here. Uh, Cranberry being over here and just kind of sitting next to you and looking at you like, what are they doing? You can just tell like she's a dame now. She's a lady and she does not want any part of this uh, fighting. So LA, we finished the match. I take a red eye home. I drop off Macizos. Was uh, Cillian Murphy on the plane with you? He was, and I drugged him before he could drug me. <laughs> All right. Is it Amy Adams? Is she in the movie? Uh, Rachel McAdams. Oh, Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Close. I was close. And Brian Cox with hair. I'm Brian Cox, and I'm here to tell you. Have you, have you, heard, you know he's the voice of McDonald's right now? Yeah, I love it. Bum 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 bum. I'm loving it. I love you, McGriddle, but you're an asshole. You're not serious foods. I did have the Mamba sauce, uh, which is the ripoff of the Mambo sauce, which is a popular DC sauce, and now McDonald's has replicated it. Very gooey. 
<laughs> very good flavor. Very gooey. Like borderline not a sauce, more of a jam, if oh. you will. Like a spicy, sweet jam with, I guess they're saying African spices, but it's very sweet. So I don't know. Interesting. The McDonald's version, probably not as good, but I had it on a hash brown. It was delicious. Um, this Red Eye Home, I had to run in LAX to make it to the flight. They were like, you can't check your bag. And I was like, please. And they were like, all right, you can check your bag. I run and get on the flight. I'm sweaty. It's midnight. I'm disgusting after wrestling. We land in Chicago, and I'm supposed to have a one-hour layover. And that one-hour layover turns into a three-hour layover, which I then sleep and I open my eyes and boarding has closed. I have to make her open the door again and let me on. I make the flight. I get home. And I'm three hours late. So I did not. In my mind, I was like, I'll land and take a nap. And then I'll go wrestle. No. I landed and I got here and it was time to fucking go. AJ dropped me off. And I had my final match of the week. Seven of seven against Alex Kane. Opening for St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Now, what a fucking experience. Clearly, this was St. Paul's idea because uh, the rest of the band was very confused as to why there were no opening bands, but just a wrestling ring on the stage. And that's because we opened for St. Paul and the Broken Bones to the most casual group of fans that have ever existed in wrestling. And I just want to say it was a it was a real pat on the back for me. I was exhausted. This was match seven on continent two <laughs> i don't know like it was just a lot at once coming together and i barely had energy in my heart but i got there and the band was all uh oh my god we're real big fans like big fans of effie and then i remembered through discussion and conversation that saint paul was the one who wrote the new yorker article about his night on the town at hammerstein yeah and we started joking about the fact that he goes how many editors called you and i said three editors called me because they asked me to clarify what Effie stood for, and this is the moment where I told the New Yorker reporter who is checking the story, fact-checking, that it means electric, fantastic, fuck you. And then another editor called me back and had to confirm, does that mean, is that what it really means, electric, fantastic, fuck you? And I said, yeah, now definitely it does. And then the main editor of the entire New Yorker magazine called me on the phone <laughs> and also called St. Paul and said, and St. Paul said, Hey, like whatever he says is probably true, uh, as he reports on our Hammerstein adventure. Uh, the main editor of the New Yorker called me to say, "Does Effie really mean electric, fantastic, fuck you?" And I said, "Absolutely." And so now, printed in the New Yorker magazine from years ago, thanks to Saint Paul and the Broken Bones, Effie means electric, fantastic, fuck you. Because I was stoned at brunch and I thought it was hilarious that people kept calling me to ask if that's what it meant. And uh, so it stuck, and that's what I went with. But we joked about that a good bit. He thanked me for being at the show, and I wrestled a match, and I wrestled a very particular type of match. And I had to tell my opponent, I said, listen, I said, you got to trust me here. You got to trust the type of match we're having, because I'm looking around the room at about 2,000 casual fans of St. Paul and the Broken Bones who don't really know anything about wrestling. They don't watch wrestling regularly. They're not familiar with our wrestling style. And the rest of the matches, they were good wrestling matches, but they weren't built for casual fans. Right. And boom, 
We had the most silly. No, I took more bumps in this match than I took in all of Tokyo. In all of Tokyo, I was saying two bumps. I actually took three bumps if you count falling off the top of the apron. I took three bumps in three matches in all of Tokyo. I took about eight bumps for Alex Kane, MLW world champion, in our match for the casual fans uh, in the tabernacle. Not the tabernacle. The Eastern. Okay, and we have to talk about that in one second, too, because that is bizarre. It's bizarre, Peter. Uh, I had my ass out. AJ was there and he goes, I don't know why I'm surprised when you pull your ass out. And I was like, I don't know either. Cause I'm going to do it every time I can. Anytime I'm in front of a large group of people and I can pull my ass out, I'm doing it. But I got down after the wrestling part of the show to watch St. Paul and the broken bones, the amount of people coming up to me, taking selfies with me and wanting pictures with me and wanting to, Oh my God, are you him? And I was going, y'all don't even watch wrestling. Y'all don't even know about wrestling. And the rest of the wrestlers are standing around here. This is incredible. I knew what I did worked. And I know how to work particular crowds. And I know how to work a casual audience. And I worked the fuck out of this casual audience. And I hope many of them will return to wrestling and find that not all of it's heavy, but it's passable. <laughs> okay, the Eastern. Last year, I arrived home from Tokyo, Japan. And the very next day, I went to a concert at the Eastern. And that concert was Father John Misty. And it was fantastic. And I love it. And he's like, you know, he's like a he's like a he's like a modern troubadour, right? So this time I arrived back from Tokyo, Japan. Now there was a day in between, I'll give you that. I wrestled in LA. But I basically arrived back home from Tokyo, Japan, and the next day was at the Eastern wrestling on the stage, which means a year apart. I was attending a concert at the Eastern after coming home from Tokyo and one year later was wrestling on stage at the Eastern after coming home from Tokyo. And that seems like I willed something into existence. That is very weird. Full circle. That is very magical. Uh, create your own destiny. And uh, I very much enjoyed standing on that stage and looking out and reflecting on my year as uh, a global superstar. Cause I am. It's so I'm I'm going through and doing stuff for the Patreon right now, and um, some of our back episodes will be going behind the paywall. Yes. And as I've gotten that together, I realized that the stopping point was the last Japan episodes. It's the circle of F. Um, I'm also reminded of the title of one of those, which is Bisexual Genie, because you did have your ear pierced. I did have my ear pierced, which I've also pierced again in that year period, and that lasted one day, to which Allie said, you're not supposed to have your ear pierced. <laughs> you're not supposed to have your ear pierced. I even was getting text messages for the Botox sale, uh, which is it's a Botox sale for Halloween. And I was reminded of Allie saying, every time you try to go get Botox, which I, I'll admit, I, like, I've gotten Botox before, you can't tell because I immediately get hit in the face and the Botox goes away. And so I have to hold myself back from spending money, even with a sale, on Botox because I know what will happen. The, the week that you got Botox the last time, at least the last time I remember, was when they were like, hey, don't get Botox. It fucks with the COVID vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> and what did it do? It didn't stop me. <laughs> Oops. And then again, I just, you are somehow immune. Yeah, I've never gotten COVID. It's crazy. Not once. Uh, you know, I've gotten it five times. It's crazy. I mean, I've gotten it in the same house with you and in the same house with AJ, and I've never gotten it. Like, you guys have had it, 
and I've been tested, rapid tested, multi-tested, yeah. never had it, which makes me think uh, I might be a super spreader or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> clearly people around me are suffering from COVID and it's not me. Yeah, you definitely didn't give it to me the last okay, time. Okay, good. Yeah. that's That actually makes me feel better. I don't want to give anybody COVID. <laughs> this one also like crippled me for a month. It was yeah, fucking crazy. Not good. Joint manipulation. I'm back to normal now. For Thank the, God. My energy level is still not quite there. I'm going to bed at like 10 every night. I don't blame you. Um, I think that's just part of getting older. I think, it is too. I think we're both just like, it's time to go to bed. I almost went right to bed. And then I realized since we have Netflix now, the Great British Baking Show is uh, back. Ooh. And I love it. I love it more than anything. I had to go to sleep to silence last night because I was still ramped up in Toretto world. Because we're family. I was I was asleep in silence, but I did watch an episode of Great British Baking Show before I fell asleep. And then Bebop woke me up and made me take him outside. Uh, I got a new app that I hope I might start sharing some uh, screenshots from. Uh, it's called Flighty. It was uh, Jonathan Ash, who's the GCW GoPro like main producer who travels with us internationally, got me on it. Um, and here is, and this is not even all the flights, but right now, uh, 124,000 miles, five times around the world, 93 flights recorded. That's just from this year, <sighs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and you can see the map of all my flights. It's really ridiculous. Uh, but all the flights are now logged on here. I only have it going back so far. So uh, we will continue Nin to log flights. 93? Uh, 93 flights are logged. Interesting. Uh, 124,807 miles, 45 different airports, seven different countries, 12 days and 16 hours of total fly time in the air. Pretty 93 incredible. means um, agape. It means love. Oh. But it also means will. Well, is it the will to love or the love of will? It is will equals love, as in it is love to do your will. Wow. This is incredible stuff. Yeah, a lot of miles, a lot of flights. And I, you know, I obviously, if I was taking one flight a year, I wouldn't want to have flighty. But this has been a lovely way to see all my flights. And also, I get immediate updates on all my flights. As they're happening, as is they it, change. Is it going to give you like a Spotify wrapped at the end of the year? I hope so. I hope so. But having, you know, having the countries listed, having the flights to and from Tokyo and Australia and Germany and the UK, it's very cool stuff. And it is, uh, this map of the US is just disgustingly covered yeah. up in flights. Uh, but there's clearly some areas I'm not going to, like this whole Utah region. Utah, untouched by flights. Everywhere else covered. Have you wrestled in Mormon country? I've never wrestled in Utah. There's a very short list of states I've never wrestled in. Uh, but some of them I don't think I want to wrestle in. My nails keep popping off. That means they're good? Or does that mean they're bad? No, like the whole... Oh, wow. Yeah, it's I think that's a good that's sign. Happened. I think that means you put the paint on well. Instead of it like peeling off a little, it's yeah. like the whole, that's the a whole, whole nail. The whole nail. But not your nail. Not my Just nail, the painted nail. portion of the yeah. nail. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I hope it means your, maybe your body's rejecting it. Maybe, maybe. that's not good. I don't know. We're not going to read too much. Anymore. I don't want to read too much. It's, into it's it, but it is season. kind of a cool shape to see. It is a cool shape. Of your whole nail mm -hmm. right there. Wow. I'm glad it's not your actual nail. Um, what an adventure. What a time.
do you want to do questions? Let's do questions. Okay, sick. Uh, real quick, can we talk about Patreon stuff? Oh, yeah, please. Okay. Bring them so, up to speed. The new Patreon will be going live this weekend. Everyone that is currently already on it, uh, that is basically so you can make the switch because starting November 1st, we are dropping the two same tiers and it's going to be three separate ones. We're making it worth your while to spend a little more and we're changing things up a little bit and adding some more things and it's going to be good. It's been a long time coming and Peter's been working very, very hard on this and they have the cutest names for the little um, little groups. Okay, so the first one is the Bebop. Bebop. And so uh, if you're at the Bebop tier, which is $3 a month, you'll get early episodes, which are released when recorded, and then you get access to the entire backlog of episodes. Because um, basically we are, because this show is so topical and like week to week and very specific to what you're doing, um, it makes a little bit more sense to throw uh, essentially like a year's worth up out on the main feed and then yeah. we will update Backlog. as that goes. Um, and then we are going to be starting the Discord channel for Patreon. Hey. Um, and that's going to be included in that first tier as well. Uh, and then we move up to the Goosefer, which is $6 a month. Goose. And that is going to include everything from the first tier, but also the miniature episodes that we do pretty much every week. Uh, the Movie John Presents, Effie Burt and Peter Bird, the movies, where y'all vote on a movie that we watch that month. This month we are watching um, the movie with the most face in it. Um, oh, why am I forgetting the name? Uh, Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers, yes. Dead Jeremy Ringers, Irons. the original, not the, the series, which is also lovely. Um, and then, oh, why did I call it this? Well, okay. <laughs> So then uh, questions every week, which I, for some reason, have written down as letters to Effie Claus and Peter Claus, Ooh. which that's, may or may not get changed. <laughs> <laughs> um, lots of ideas. Um, and then you will also get our usernames for uh, both of us on Letterboxd. Um, and then Secret Letterboxd. Secret the name Letterboxd. is changing the so that people changing. can't find me. Uh, and then we have the Cran Daddy, which will be $12 a month, which includes everything in the tiers before it. But then uh, the merch, da- merch discount for the Effie store, uh, Effie travel vlogs, which are all the vlogs that you upload um, for your travels. And yeah, and then, I've been better at them, too. But they're just from the I know I had talked about not watching them, but the last one was incredible. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Effie Burt and Peter Burt Straight to Video, which is our uh, movie watch-along series. There's going to be way more of those coming. I'm so excited. Um, and then the monthly weather report, which is uh, going to be the astrology podcast that I do every month, just giving a forecast for what to generally expect uh, for the next little bit. And then lastly, our Only Paws, exclusive puppy content that you can only see on Patreon. Yes. Limited dog content elsewhere, only on Patreon. And then we're adding other things, like there's going to be a annual option. If you would like to just go ahead and get a little bit of a discount, go ahead and pay for the full year. Yes. Um, and then other stuff like um, Spotify support for the actual um, episodes and everything coming through. 
Um, so that stuff will be up this weekend for you to go ahead and like look through and make a decision about. Um, and then November 1st will be when we fully switch over to the new Patreon. Hell yeah. Enjoy it. It's getting better. There's cohesion. And it's not just me going, one's more expensive than the other. There's a little bit of uh, actual calibration to the tiers, which is lovely. And speaking of Patreon stuff, the only way to get questions, comments, and concerns on the podcast is to uh, be a part of our weekly Ask for Questions on the Patreon. Yes. And that's where all of these questions are coming from. Okay, this first one is from Joshua. Now that it's getting into fall, what are y'all's favorite cold weather soups? Ooh. A soup question. All right, cold weather soups. Uh, I'm a butternut squash soup girl through and through. I love a good butternut squash soup. I love corn soup. It's the only reason I was sad I didn't go to the uh, Japanese steakhouses because they all serve a very good corn soup, which is such a fall soup to me. Um, I'm a big chicken tortilla soup fan. Uh, and obviously if I've got a grilled cheese, I'm a big tomato soup girl. That's what I do. Big on tomato soup, yeah. big on the tortilla. Um, I know it's, I guess it's not technically really a soup, but i just love chili. Chili. Chili with some Chili's corn kind there. of a soup. Yeah. You got to have beans in your chili. Some people are like, I don't put beans in my you chili. You have to put beans in chili. I would say I put beans above meat in my chili. You know, like, oh, yeah, you got some meat in the chili. You still got to have some meat, though. It can't just be a bean chili. I don't know. I've had a bean chili that's pretty, I don't know. We might have to make a a household chili. Okay. And I like that a chili gets better over time. Like, the longer you refrigerate a chili, the better that chili gets. The flavors just fucking mesh in. They mesh in. It's magic. We love the soup. We love all soups. Okay, this is from Kylie. Don't really have a question. Just want to say I love and appreciate you both and hope to meet you someday, Pitar. Yeah. See you soon. Uh, Okay. This is from Heather. How does it feel to have unleashed blonde Effie upon the world? Okay, here's the problem. I'm someone who already has extremely poor impulse control. And I knew going into being blonde again that this was going to be probably a problem. My impulse control out the window. I'm a full himbo now and I'm getting stupider every day. It is dangerous for blonde Effie to be here. But also I needed people to see that Effie is fully unleashed and uh, this is a way to do it. I'm fully unleashed. Effie. Effie. Fully unleashed. Fully unleashed. Unleash the demon. Okay. What was the first movie that made you guys cry? For me, it was the first time I saw Edward Scissorhands. Uh, what's that movie about the little boy and he drowns and he's real small and he's got glasses and he's like real small? I hold on. I, I don't know. Hold on. Let me look this up. Lucifer. Baby girl. Simon Birch. Oh. Did you see that movie? Like a long time. Yeah, so I think that was the first movie that made me cry was Simon Birch. But also my brother kind of looked like Simon Birch at the time. So he was like five and had glasses. Yeah. So I think that probably played a little effect right. into it. But, you know, Simon Birch tried to rescue them children from the bus, but he drowned because he was so small. And everyone was making fun of him for being small, but he had the biggest heart of them all. So, yeah, it's Simon Birch is the answer. Yeah, what a weird film. Uh, mine would be The Lion King. Oh, 
apparently my parents took me to the theater to go see it and as soon as Rafiki started lifting up Simba I lost That's it. pretty early in the film. They had to leave. Oh and no. Yeah. Oh no. I didn't see it for years and years and years because it had like such an effect on me. Wow. I you didn't know. even get into the good part. No. Into the crying part. What what would you have done when Mufasa died? I don't know. Yeah, that would have been I rough. I don't know. <laughs> that would have been real bad, man. Wow. Uh, okay, this is from Julie. Posting this question here as it has been requested previously, has there been a wrestling show with Muppet-style puppets? And if not, could we make that happen? Yeah, I've been working on that for a little while. And uh, I just need somebody to budget up for it because I'm not going to do it out of my own pocket. But I do think a Muppet-esque, Yo Gabba Gabba-esque conflict shown through wrestling, but it's conflict that's uh, something a child would understand or deal with like overcoming self-deprecation or uh, finding their courage or defeating bullying uh, could be a very welcome addition to the world of wrestling and to the world of child's entertainment. So hopefully it's something that gets funded down the line. As much as I am a an adult superstar who does adult entertainment, I'm sick of it and I'm ready to entertain children. They're much more appreciative of a lot of things and you know, they're not as smart as adults, so they have a lower expectation of things. And uh, I want to have wrestlers in silly costumes and film a warehouse studio show where we can do 20 episodes in a weekend. Uh, have you seen the Muppets movie intro, like the like the bumpers that they show before movies? That's the Muppets one? No. It's incredible. I need to see it. It's incredible. Was this around the time of the Muppets movie in 2011? Probably. Premium classic. Probably. Film. One of the top films ever made. Uh, okay. What is the best meal you've ever eaten? All right. This I actually have a very direct answer for this. I was in Australia with my friend Robert, and this was before I went to Australia to wrestle, and this was maybe 2019, 2018, 2019. Uh, and we went out to a dumpling restaurant and the dumplings were phenomenal, but the best dish I ever ate was a dried fried eggplant that was served with a chili sauce. And you wouldn't think dried fried eggplant sounds like the best thing in the world, but there's something about the umami flavor that is brought out in the eggplant when it's dried and then fried and then brought to you. It's the most succulent, perfect, amazing dish of all time. And I got to have that dish the last time I was in Australia again and was reminded that it's fucking perfect and incredible. So uh, Chinese style dried fried eggplant purchased in uh, Australia at a dumpling restaurant is the best meal I've ever had. What about you, Peter? All right. Mine's not nearly as fun as that, but it's <laughs> okay. So, uh, in my early twenties, I got arrested for the devil's lettuce Yeah, and, um, tough stuff complications from that. I basically spent two weeks in jail that summer. <laughs> Oh, and so the little Caesars that I ate after getting out was the best meal I've ever had and still nothing will top it. Wow. With the little corn dust on the bottom. Yeah. Honestly, little Caesars fucks and has saved my life plenty of times when it used to be the $5 hot and ready. There were times in college where you would wake up hungover and you would get a $5 hot and ready and there was really nothing like it. You know, just was it pepperoni or cheese? Did you have? Do you remember? I think it was just cheese. Yeah. Just plain cheese. That's I believe it, though, uh, especially after the prison food that they forced you through, you fucking inmate, you you filthy criminal. How dare you smoke weed? 
Ugh, how dare I smoke weed? I dare not. I dare not. Okay, this is from Daniel. If Hollywood suddenly decides to stop doing remakes of movies that already worked and started doing do-overs of movies that failed, which movies would you love to get another chance? Um, mine is uh, that terrible Scientology movie with John Travolta. Uh, Battlefield Earth. Yeah, I want them to remake Battlefield Earth. I don't Earth. know if this counts, but I really would like a remake of Flubber. I know Robin Williams is dead, but I think Flubber had a lot more potential than we were given. He made shoes. He was a Nike guy. Yeah, and the Flubber was supposed to help the shoes right. go bigger, but the Flubber was sentient. Yeah. And so it caused a lot of problems. And he was like, whoa, the Flubber. Oh, you know, like that kind of thing. But I think like, I don't know who you would put in the role of Robin Williams there, but I just think Flubber needs to make a return to the screen. I don't think it did very well as a movie. I think my my childhood brain thought it was a bigger deal than it mm-hmm. was. Uh, but I would like to see Flubber remade. Uh, I would also be a fan of seeing, um, uh, I don't know, Cats. South, Southland Tales. <laughs> yeah, Southland Tales? No way. They're remaking it. It's called Argyle from the twisted mind of Matthew Vaughn. He's making Southland Tales. Uh, I would like to see the Cats movie be remade. I think Cats is disrespected, and I don't think they helped the disrespect by making that terrible movie, and they should release the butthole cut. There should be buttholes on those cats. The butthole cut. Okay. Um, This is from Anthony. Hello, friends. I bullied myself into watching Atlanta, and it's great so far. What are your favorite shows and shows to watch in your free time? And also, if I can make a recommendation, watch What We Do in the Shadows if you haven't. Matt Berry is a vampire is absolutely hilarious. That is, that's my Atlanta right now is the amount of people that have recommended me yeah. to watch that show. Even I watched the I first season. I loved the movie. Yeah. The movie's great, but the first season I watched was very good. I don't know why I stopped watching it. Probably because I lost access to the FX library because I didn't have Hulu for a while right. and I didn't jump back into it. And also, I think that the way we advertise comedic stuff is probably not uh helpful to the comedic stuff because we're going to pick the tightest little moments of like funny that if you watch the whole show are very small portions of a larger thing and so it kind of pushes me away as a an avid comedy viewer of like oh is this just going to be tchotchke shit over and over even knowing it's not going to be so hopefully we might jump in on some what we do in the shadows we might go into that um i mean i like what's his face um tiki taika watiti yeah 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 yeah, uh, he is making. I just found out the other day that he is making the Incal into a movie series. And this is a uh, Star Wars wizard. This is Alejandro Jodorowsky's graphic novel that inspired um, Fifth Element. It inspired Star Wars. Inspired most sci-fi that came after. So he's that. going to the sauce, basically, right to the sauce. But it's it's like hyper weird. It's basically Han Solo is the main character. Okay. And he's just giant piece of shit, but also like there's magic happening. Yeah. And we flying cars. And flying cars. And flying cars. And aliens? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I feel like his alien character design went through in the Thor world pretty well. I didn't see any of those. Oh, well, it was pretty good. That, his was the only one that I think was worth watching, but some people hated it. I don't know. He plays a giant rock creature that's very funny. I don't know. It's It might be worth your time. Might not. Um, okay, so what's what's your like go to downtime? I just need to throw something on. 
Oh, see, I'm not into repeat viewing of anything. I'm not either. Uh, because I feel like I only have so much time left on this earth, so I don't like to repeat view anything. Like for a long time, my comfort movie was The Untouchables, starring Kevin Costner and Sean Connery. So, like, I've seen that movie probably more than anything. Uh, but as far as TV shows go, I don't know. I mean, like Great British Bake Off, I will watch. Yeah. As many times as I want, but it's more just like as a meditative study than as uh, something that I'm really paying deep attention to. For her classic biscuit uh, meal intervention, she'll be making a gingerbread shortbread along with some shortbread cookie strawberry centers. Yeah, I love all that shit. And I love that they're nice to each other. Yeah. And it's very sweet. Yeah. And there's just lots of little British things in it. Good for the Brits. I couldn't live there, but I like y'all snacks and sweets. Y'all have really good snacks and sweets. Uh, mine would probably be the first season of Evangelion because I've seen it a gazillion times and it's very comfort. You and AJ me. will rewatch some anime. That's it's, one thing you have in common. It is, anime is really easy to rewatch because every episode's only like 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. And then you're out. And then the theme song hits and you're like, that is the only thing is they remove the Frank Sinatra Whoa. from the end of Evangelion. Fly Me to the Moon is not the song that plays at the end. What is it? Is it just a random song? Whatever. It doesn't, doesn't that kind of does, ruin the mood? It's not Frank, so... It, is it on, is it that on the box set or do they the original it was okay. fly me to the moon we might have to find it i'm sure we could pirate that arg um though i haven't bothered with any of the movies or remakes or anything because it's like okay you made it seven times and you still didn't think you got it right maybe make something else yeah maybe try something else and then come back to it maybe just do a little bit different something else that is the one thing and i'll shut up about anime here in a sec that is the one thing that i really like that they do over there is they will do a whole season of something and then they will give you like one or two episodes where they take all the characters change the story but it's the main essence of those characters in a different aspect. Yeah. And so it's like a really cool storytelling exercise to be like. Because they still have their morals and their rules. It's but like, it's... did you ever hear about the Aronofsky Batman? No. Okay. So he was going to make Batman where everyone is a suggestion of the character. Ah, okay. To where he's not wearing a bat suit or anything. He is a detective, wealthy guy, etc. Yeah. Penguins just a normal guy like it's like capital normal for everyone yeah and so that's the kind of th where it was like, like poison that's ivy what just has would... like a weird greenhouse yeah exactly yeah exactly so it's someone's uh someone's brain exercise that accidentally made them into superheroes instead of them actually being superheroes yeah yeah okay i'm into it do they jump off the top rope at the end and you don't know whether they live or die but you kind of know they died they could. That could be in there. They did it in Black Swan and The Wrestler. Aronofsky loves his, I bet they died, didn't they? I want to huh? go see his elephants at the dome. Uh, his, oh, yeah. The, film or the life film. Yeah. As long as you 2 won't be there, because if I have to look at Bono again, I'll fucking beat his ass, piece of shit. Uh, okay. Mm, this is from Mike. Series, book, and film recommendations for the coming cold days. Oh, I don't have time for any of this. I don't know. I watch Fast and Furious. That's what I gotta say. I can't. I can't give out recommendations right now. I barely can keep up with anything myself. Uh, I hope Peter has some recommendations. But the coming cold days. There's no cold days in my life. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm still sweaty. 
it's gonna get cold. I don't believe it. It's gonna. I don't believe cold. it. I don't know. Watch, watch Lars von Trier. I don't know. <laughs> I rewatched the house that Jack built the other day, and I don't know why. I have no. I even after watching it, I don't know why I rewatched that movie. I knew it was coming. That was one of those ones where I was like. I'm going to sit out on this one. I don't think I need this. Uh, well, I rewatched it as a comedy, and okay. it was hilarious. Okay. Is it's... it worth my time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If okay. you know, if you're going into it and you're like, this is going to be hilarious, it's hilarious. Okay. But it's also very stupid. Okay. Yeah, it's very stupid. Well, Von Trier is... I'm not rewatching uh, what Lymph- Antichrist. In, in, what is it? Nymphomaniac, part one and two with uh, Shia LaBeouf. I'm not fucking doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it, but I'll rewatch the house that Jack built I will as wa- a comedy. I will rewatch Melancholia any day of the week. I he cuts love- her booby off and puts it on a cop car. It's hilarious. I love that movie. That's how I want my life to end. <laughs> with your booby on a cop car? No, with the world ending and knowing that it's ending and there's a big planet coming and I'm Melancholia I saw with my mother and I watched oh. Kirsten Dunst lay naked in the moonlight for 10 minutes That's next to I my want. mom in an That's art house indie want. theater. That's what I want. And I was just like, "Yeah, so uh yeah, this scene's still happening. The scene is still did you know there's a Tarzan with Alexander Sarsgaard and Margot Yeah, I Robbie? saw it in the theaters. What the fuck? It's not good. Okay. But you have to watch okay. it now. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And it is, you just, it doesn't make sense why he's so hairless. <laughs> like he doesn't, you know, like Tarzan's like, right. he should be very hairy. Yeah. This dude's not hairy. Oh, God. He's a Sarsgaard. Oh, he's God. not hairy at all. Okay, that's my recommendation. Watch the Sarsgaard Tarzan. <laughs> Okay, we have one more question. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, what music have both of you guys been into lately? What is in your heavy rotation? Troy Sivan. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's been a lot of Troy Sivan. Uh, I still cannot bring myself to listen to the new Sufjan Stevens album. I can't either. Because it's like, you know, we've spent a whole career of this man going, is this about Jesus or is this gay or is it both? And it turns out it was gay. And now he has a partner who has passed away and then dedicated the album to him. And I can't press, I can't press play. I know the music's already sad and now I know it's even sadder and I can't. Pr- so that's my recommendation. Get through it and tell me how that is. Cause I just can't, I've even heard some of the singles. I can't do it. I can't fucking do it. I almost bought the deluxe uh, box set. And then I was like, I'm not going to listen to it. I don't know. What am I doing? I, I'm going to sit here and look at it and be sad. It's very hard for me. So I recommend you go listen to Javelin by Sufjan Stevens. And uh, we should have known it wasn't about Jesus when he did the Call Me By Your Name soundtrack. But we all had to still be hopeful. And when he came out in his giant bird costume to do Age of Odds. Um, okay, I'm still listening to new James Blake. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Sometimes I overwhelm myself with the amount I listen to an artist, though, and then us seeing him live, I like needed a little like yeah. parsnip back of my James Blake time. But I'm obsessed. Uh, oh, my favorite quote though from AJ was, "I kept going, oh, this one's gonna fuck on him," and he goes, "You can't say that before every song." And I was like, "But I can, but I can, and I will." Um, I I'm listening to the new Doreen Electra. If you like super queer out there, hyper pop. Definitely check out Dorian Electra. I love you and AJ both being on a hyper pop kick. Um, a hyper pop kick. Hyper pop is my life. Hyper pop life. Um. Oh, I did. Do you know who Wet is? 
No. They do very soft, sad songs, and they put out an electric... It's usually, like, acoustic guitar and, like, not much else. Okay. But they made an electronic album that's very much, like, female Bonnie Vare. Okay. Um, I'm sold. It's called Letter Blue. I just listen to it and cry all the time. Okay, good. All right. That sounds like a winter listen. Sounds great. (laughs) Wet. Check it out. Uh, And then I'm weirdly listening to a bunch of Moby Ambien right now. Fucking Moby. Bald white guys go one of two ways. Moby... Or shithead. And what's the difference? 